What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. We just finished up the first series at City Field at home against the Miami Marlins. Won the series 2-3. to three. Obviously didn't end the greatest on Sunday with a loss, but we did get two wins there. Saw Kodai Senga make his home debut. A lot of great stuff going on here, but as well as like first time in City Field for the year. A lot of new things going on at the stadium as well. We're going to talk about everything that went on this weekend, as well as at the end, we have a little interview with Darren Meenan founder, CEO, whatever you want to call him, of the seven line. So uh, we'll have that at the end for you guys. We're super excited to talk to you. And we're here out at City Field doing a live episode as well in the Mets. What is this called? The auditorium, I believe, the right? Theater. The theater, the theater auditorium out on the suite level. So we hope you guys are ready for this episode. If you do like everything that you're listening to here or what you're seeing, make sure you follow us on all our social media at MetsDup, M-E-T-S-D-U-P on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review. And if you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel, subscribe over there. We drop every episode on the Mets YouTube as well. And James, ready to introduce you, so no introduction here, but how's it feel to be back at the stadium doing a live episode? Oh, great. It was good to have people back in the park this weekend. Yeah. It was good to have Mets baseball back in the park. Cool to hear people cheering. Just it was nice to have baseball back, like the normalcy returns once again. And we had our interesting morning as well on the home opener. Yes. Got rained out per se, uh, on the day that was beautiful out. <laughs> Would have loved that. 75 degree <laughs> weather. But we got it the next day. It was a little bit colder. And I got to wear the tuxedo, which... Yes, got I mean, to wear the tuxedo. That, that, that kept me a little bit warmer. Uh, the tuxedo was nice. For those of you who did not see the video that went up on the Mets YouTube channel, we did the estimate finale at City Field with Matt Frivola. I lost. I wore the tuxedo on opening day. Maybe Vito will throw a picture on here or something. I'll send him one that he can put into the video. But I mean, I was looking sharp. It wasn't really much of a loss at the end of the day. The only the part of the, that was a loss was that you had to take time out of your week to go get a tuxedo fitted and go through the stress of finding a, a tuxedo that could be turned around only a couple of days. And it was stressful. Shout out to Portobello and uh, Astoria. They hooked me up with the like tuxedo. The, like the mushroom? Yeah, like the mushroom. <laughs> I, I honestly, I thought I rented it. They didn't take any of my information. I have no clue. They didn't tell me when to return it. I have no idea what to do with this tuxedo. I think I might own one now. I think I own a tuxedo. You have new weddings this year? Uh, I do. I do. There you I, go. Yeah, we got uh, Alex's as well. I have Alex's sister's wedding. Yeah, so maybe, maybe to that one. I don't know. I don't want to be the best dressed one there. But the tuxedo was great. We also saw a Mets fan who might have beat me, though, with the suit that was made of all Mets logos. He followed both of us and yes. the podcast, too. I think his name is Bromeo. Bromeo Santos. Yeah. is going on his Twitter. I don't know if that's his real name or not. But he Shout was rocking out. a killer, killer suit. It was just head-to-toe Mets with the hat. I yeah. Mean, he was really rocking. It was I saw good. him twice in one day. I was saying, yeah, we found him in center field. We were just hanging out, like eating, messing around during the game. And then you saw him in the parking lot leaving as well. Yes, like I, you we, guys were like kinship of brothers. We crossed paths. He's like, I need a picture for myself. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> how many times is this going to happen? But wore the tuxedo, ended up keeping me warm, looked great. Got to go to the tailgate as well with the seven line, which is cool. And like we said, we have that interview with Darren coming out at the end of the episode, which is always great because Darren also has like an interesting perspective of how things work because coming from the outside in, kind of like we did as well. Yeah, and he's just been doing it for so long. You guys hear in the interview, he talks about having connections with Justin Turner. Yeah. Like, just to tell you, think about how long Seven Line has been doing what they've done, how much they've grown. But they always put on a great a great tailgate out there in the marina. It's always 100%. a very fun time. They had the big Seven Line truck out there, which was cool. We did the interview right in front of that for the people who's going to see that on YouTube. And just always a good vibe out there, especially opening day. Like, I remember last year opening day, it was that, like, perfect 75-degree yes. day. I remember they unveiled the statue. It was a great event. But it was sunny, sweating. Like, you don't want that opening day. No. That's not April baseball. No, we got some no. real, I want real... clouds. I want wind. I want 50s. I mean, it was it was cold. I've, my body it was, was really warm, cold. but my hands were freezing. This entire series, my hands have been so cold. I don't know if, like, I've got bad poor, or poor circulation or something right now. 
But I think the fingers have been cold. I think it's also like an underrated element of like April baseball, how hard it is to play baseball in cold weather. Yeah. And like we saw a lot of these games that it gets a little bit harder to hit and pitch as you're in the game longer, games go longer. We'll talk about that with Sangin a little bit. But I think it was cool being back in the stadium just because of how many new things there are in City Field this year. 100%. I mean, for you, gluten-free boy, oh my God. there are options out the wazoo for you. For me, dairy-free, not as much, but the gluten-free people should be rejoicing because there's a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, this is going to be the James Chown gluten-free segment right now. We've like quadrupled the gluten-free options in City Field. There's like new kinds of burgers and a little like healthy section out there in right field. There's more access to burrito bowls. That was always like yes. the sneaky thing. Now there's just more stands of it, which is amazing. They have quesadilla. They have like gluten-free brownies that were really good, fantastic. There was they have a, a gluten-free beer. Yeah, they have a gluten-free beer. I'm very excited to try that. Haven't had beer in a year, over a year. Uh, they have Pigs Beach, the barbecue place. Yep. It's a whole gluten-free sampler platter. It was really good too. Yeah, had it today Beach. on Sunday. It was it was a great meal. Like really filled me up. I was I was nervous about how much like like I was like okay, there's like you got one shot at this. Yes. If it doesn't fill me up, I'll know I'm gonna eat the rest of the day. It filled me up great. No, it was really good. You yeah. gave me a piece of the brisket. You had you almost had too much food, you could say. Yeah, legit. And they got just tons of new food in general. It's two two prominent food network people, Mark Murphy and Sonny Anderson. They have their own stands now. Sonny's got like an all American barbecue place. Mark Murphy's got sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You got the Taste of Queens Bulagi Bowls in center field where that taco stand used to be. They have the new like fusion tacos up in yeah. up in behind home plate in the promenade. There's crazy new food options here. Donuts everywhere. Donuts everywhere. I couldn't find the donut chicken sandwich though. I looked for yeah. it today. Maybe not good enough, but I could not find it. I was really I that's what I wanted. Got the pigs beach beach barbecue today uh, on Sunday. It was fantastic. Got sausage and peppers too. Always strong. Gotta get a glizzy as well. Always I will say, like at the World Baseball Classic, I think they were also Nathan's. Their hot dogs were absolutely horrible. Something's going on, but like at City Field, always a premium hot dog. Not gonna lie, and you you would know better than anybody about the the quality of the hot dogs here. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Keep forgetting about that. Now it's funny that we've done two big punishments for things on the podcast. They happened within like ten games being played at City Field. Yeah, because last and one was both the, against the Marlins. And no, it was I thought that was Cu- no, oh, yeah, that it was Marlins. Marlins. Yeah, that was Marlins. Yeah, it's weird. Mark Murray tuxedo me eating the nine hot dogs last year. So. We got like 10 games to figure out something else stupid for one of us to do. 100%. Yeah. We also had the home opening day festivities where you get the intros for all the players. Edwin Diaz got an intro. They played the trumpets for him as he came out on his crutches, which was pretty cool. Crowd was excited. Yeah. I almost, I almost feel bad that they gave the crowd the trumpet that soon because yeah. like, they're like, who knows? The next one comes. Like, it's just, it's kind of like, all right, now you took one, you take it away forever. Yeah, I know. But it, it was good to see Edwin out there. And, uh, every, you know, Verlander was here too. Everybody yeah. that was, you know, on the team was, was at the, home opener which was nice of course and the festivities then uh moved into a walk parade yes because edward cabrera walked every single player on the mets this entire game the mets drew 12 walks on friday's game which so is ridiculous many walks that's an insane and edward cabrera had like a no hitter going through what like the first three but he was he pulled the jack flaherty I think it was like four yeah and walked like eight guys in those first three or four whatever it I came believe out the to mets had a run before they had a hit yeah no they did they did yes and this is also the day after the Chattanooga lookouts scored seven runs without a hit in a minor league game yeah. on Saturday night. But I digress. We Brand Nimmo drew four of those walks. He was the first Met draw four walks in the game since J.D. Davis 2020. And before that, it was Mike Baxter in 2012. Which and I think they said he was the 12th player to ever do that in Mets history as well. At least how he said that on the radio. I heard that in the bathroom while I was waiting. Yeah, and three of Nimmo's walks led off innings. The Mets leadoff guy reached base in six of eight innings on Friday. No, I mean, like, that's what you love about Brandon Nimmo is his ability to get on base, plays good center field. Like, we all, we know all the stuff that he does, but he really is, like, absolutely elite at getting on base. And that's something that the way that this lineup is built I don't want to say like very top heavy, but like Lindor and Alonso are supposed to be the guys who are driving in Nimmo and Marte getting on base. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah. And I think 
just to push back for a second, the, the big story of this game was the fact that Tyler McGill looked very good again. 100%, yeah. No earned runs, six innings pitch, two walks and three strikeouts, didn't miss a ton of bats, but again, it was not great pitching conditions. It no. was very cold, and it was very windy, and this Marlins lineup doesn't swing and miss very often at all. It's kind of the whole premise they built this team upon. His fastball had great life, threw them 60% of the time, got up to 96.5, which is almost near where he sat when he was at his best last few years, and that was on a very cold day, which is a really good sign. Got five whiffs on that pitch, only pitch that had multiple whiffs, but... Like, he did something this game doesn't do very often in his career, and that was get a ton of ground balls. Yeah. That was something we noticed a lot while we were at the game and did some more looking into it yesterday. Nine of the 17 balls in play by the Marlins were on the ground this game, which is a big change from it's usually. Huge. He sat around 40% his entire career. So if he's a guy who, again, small sample size, only 17 balls in play, this isn't a stat that usually stabilizes until you get to, like, 80 batted balls. But this is something that's important. Six of those ground balls came on fastballs. Three of them came on sliders. This could be a coincidence, or this could be a step forward for Tyler McGill, something new he's doing in attacking Heathers. I know this offseason you've been talking to me a lot about not just K-rate, not just ground ball rate, but combining the two and figuring out yeah. the guys who can do those two things extremely well. A guy like Juwan Duran out of the bullpen is one of the names that comes to my mind immediately, but mm -hmm. especially with the way that the balls have been playing this year, because yeah. they've been very bouncy. Almost, are they back to the 2019 levels, we're, it seems? We're basically at that level when you adjust them for weather. Okay, so getting close, at least, to those 2019 levels. We know about that baseball. I mean, the yeah. ball was flying everywhere. You could saw one off your hands and it would go out 350 feet to right field. But to be able to get ground balls like that for Tyler McGill and just it gets you quick outs too, which is important. Like gets you going deeper in games, helps the bullpen out, helps everybody out. Super, super big for a guy who technically wasn't starting this team opening day. Yeah. And again, it's not like ground ball is not even perfect anymore. It's probably less advantageous than it was last year without course, the shift. Yeah. But I have the stats on the home run ball this year per Derek Carthy, who's the creator of the bat and the bat X projection systems. He's Freaky, follow him on Twitter. He's a genius guy. Also, got a lot of good betting tips. Home runs per contact rate, weather adjusted. 2018, 4.4%. 2019, 5.4%. 2020, 5.2%. 2021, 4.9%. 4.2%. And already 2023, when weather adjusted, 5.3%. So basically right back. It basically seems like this ball is super happy and fun again. And we did see a home run here from Starling Marte, which yeah. was nice. That was a, I was a big fan of that home run as well for a couple reasons. Marte always just, I feel like, swings the bat well at City Field. Yeah, always swings about well, so I feel. And then the game kind of crescendoed as we were winning, and it felt comfortable anyway with back-to-back -back home runs from Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso that were culminated in some pyrotechnics. And that was kind of the first of its kind. We've really seen a city field in that capacity. And I want to throw it to John over here because John is a big pyrotechnic guy. He's a pyro, you could say. Yeah, John's actually a bit of a not. pyro. Really? I'm actually, like, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a square here, but <laughs> no, you? When, I would go, <laughs> when I would go to Disney World or, like, Orlando Studios and there would be a lot of fire on rides, the mummy's one that comes to mind. Ooh, yeah, it's a good ride. I was petrified. Really? Hated it. Was I? I'm not a big fire guy at all. So I guess it's kind of ironic that I'm the yeah. one that's <laughs> spearheading this uh, <laughs> this venture. But no, I thought it looked great, especially by the apple. Yeah, with all the home runs and just on top of the scoreboard itself. Because mm -hmm. the, score, the scoreboard's been such a spectacle. Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't talk about it. We had technically seen it already by being here, but yeah. the scoreboard is is awesome. It's massive. Crazy. It's, it's huge. It, it like this. This sounds weird to say, but like it really is so much more clear than the one that they had before. Like it, it looks like HD picture, which is crazy because I didn't have a problem with the old scoreboard either. We have a friend down Long Island City who can see the scoreboard from his house. Yeah, so all the New York like the 25th 
floor yeah. Yeah. in Long Island City. And at night, you can see the scoreboard lit up, like, bright and clear. How which many, is kind how of many crazy. miles do you guys think of this? Like, seven, six miles? That's five miles? Five, six miles at we least. Got five miles from Vito. I okay. think five miles. I'll yeah. trust Vito. He's the New York guy. Yeah, he's the New York guy. But yeah, I mean, the scoreboard looks awesome. All the new graphics and stuff look really good. I know some people were not happy about, like, the balls and strikes, but that got changed really quickly, Immediately. which is really cool. And all the new LED um, screens around the field level. Yes, too. that too. Which yeah, also we did cool. notice that. Yeah. yeah, just all bright, clear, big, everywhere. Just you get, everyone should come to the stadium as soon as they can, just because Mets fans and you want to be in the ballpark. But there are there were some real genuine enhancements made to the stadium this year. hundred percent. It's incredibly noticeable 100%. immediately. And you also have the new bar out where McFadden's used to be, the K Corner. Yes. Which is now open. I mean, it's it's literally the same exact spot where McFadden's used to be for those of you who used to go there. Uh, K Corner, they got beer, they got liquor, they got it all. It's yeah. Like, they even got snacks in there. Like, they had pretzels and pizza bagels, which is kind of cool. And the new Ioli bar in, um, in, uh, in left field. Ihole. 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 What'd Ihole. you call it? Ihole. Okay. You just got a little... Ihole. Yeah. Got a little twang on that one. A little twang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's, this is my favorite tequila. Marlins also threw, like, <laughs> five relief pitchers, and we saw Waskar Brazoban again for, like, the... What, he, I think he's now pitched in four of the seven games the Mets have played against the Marlins, which is... Seems low. I would say five. It seems like far too many games for a while. We, that was the guy we joked about in our season preview, yeah. being like, Waskar Brazoban's going to be coming into these games pitching. Like, he really has thrown a lot. It also seems like Skip Schumacher uh, just has, like, four guys that he uses. And it's like, Waskar Brazoban, JT Chargois, Chargois, Andrew Nardi is one of them, Matt Barnes, and I guess also uh, Dylan Floro. And Tanner Scott. We've seen Tanner Scott. Tanner Scott, times. I think this was like the, oh, at least in this series, the only time he came in was game three. Yeah. Uh, how many of those guys will be here in September the next time we play the Marlins? Not in September, September 18th. September 18th, <laughs> the next <laughs> time we play the Marlins. Middle of September. I mean, how many guys on this roster will actually be still on that team? Ooh, wait, here, this could be like an estimate that has like five points down the line. What, what What's higher number by September 18th? How many touchdown passes by Aaron Rodgers? Or how many Marlins are on this roster that we're on the roster right now? How many weeks into the season is September 18th? I believe that's two full games. Two full games. If not three, depending on what day of the week September oh, 18th I mean, is. They've got to have more Marlins. It's got to be Marlins. I don't know. By then, you probably have 10 touchdowns from Rodgers in two games. Yeah, I mean, that's you get very, Wilson, very yeah. 49ers Jets, are loaded. Man. Come on, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not official yet, James. No, no. It, your before. You, it, do, you do have the kiss of death. It is I mean. big, this is big CC vibes. I'm not going to say the word, but yeah. it's CC vibes right now. Oh, for sure. No doubt. I mean, it's... I think I'm going to take the Marlins on that one, which <laughs> makes me think that it's probably not going to end up being a five-point estimate. I think you're in the same spot. Yeah, Wasco Brasbon, four appearances against the Mets already this year, and there's <laughs> only four appearances. He didn't play in their other he didn't, their series in Minnesota. He did not pitch. He hasn't and pitched against any team besides the Mets. No, and four and two-thirds, five and two-thirds. It's six and a third innings against the Mets so far this season. What? Wasco, and that was... He didn't pitch Sunday either. No. Yes. That's crazy. Why are they using him only against them? I mean... The Mets have done pretty well against them, so keep using them, yeah. please, I mean, by the, all means. The story is, when we were talking about last series and this series, the Marlins' big weakness is Marlins' roster is their bullpen. Yes. we got to get to them to get in the game. And on Friday, through five relievers, they scored all four of them. Their their lineup is, like, pesky. That's the word we're going to keep keep using when we describe them, although it'll be four months again until we talk about them. But, like... We're going to live entire lives until the next time <laughs> we play the Marlins. Gene Segura, like, culminated in the peskiness where in, what was it, the fourth or fifth inning when he hit the line drive off Tyler McGill's ankle? Yeah. And everyone kind of held their breath for a minute, yeah. like, oh, my God. Not like, another one. <laughs> not another one. Like, please be okay that he was completely fine and kept shoving, which was really great. But, like, oh, they are annoying, and Gene Segura is just, I really hate him. The king of the past. I respect him, but I don't like him. Yeah, yeah no, he gets your respect. Like, he's not a, he's a different kind of rat. No, no. We've talked about game one for a while, just City Field in general. Yep. Got to move on to game two. 
Big one. Yeah, big one. A little more straightforward, but the big story again is Kodai Sanka just looking really good again. Looked so good. And he looks amazing. We'll have to say the second straight start against the Marlins, who we all know are not going to have a premier offense in the league. No. And it looks like next weekend, if all stays according to plan, he will get the A's, which will be three straight starts to start his career against bad offenses. Love which, it. truthfully, really good way to ease yourself into an entirely new country sport new and, every, ball, and situation. Everything. everything, yeah. But this early returns are amazing. Six strikeouts and six innings. He only gave a one run on the Jazz Chisholm home run in the sixth. He just got in an unbelievable groove after the first inning, where the Marlins got a couple hits off the bat, and I believe he walked somebody too. He only faced one batter over the minimum between innings two, three, four, and five. Yeah, he was just completely in control. He was missing bats. He was getting called strikes, weak contact, everything. His fastball just looked like awesome again. Yeah. Tons, tons, and tons of life in that fastball. Sat 96, 97, few them up to 98. Got six whiffs on it again. Really nice life. Sweeper like it looks so aesthetically pleasing when you watch it, but still just like not missing many bats. But like you also have said, though, like sometimes a sweeper isn't used to miss bats. Sometimes, right? For sure. Like it's for limiting hard contact, yeah. and he was really good at doing that in this no, game. No, really good. Just even before I go through like pitch by pitch again, similar to McGill on Friday, saying got nine ground balls on fifteen balls in play and that's two awesome. and two pop ups, especially with our infield too. Like that's yeah. awesome. But so out of the fifteen balls in play, eleven of them were basically nothing bad could happen. Yeah. Like the worst that could happen would be a single on eleven of the fifteen times the Marlins made contact against Kodai Sanga. It's fantastic. It's incredible, and that's something that was a concern I think based on his repertoire heading into the season, just heading in even just to him coming to this country, but the existence of that sweeper and another pitch he threw more of this week than last week is Cutter, mm. which also got a couple ground balls and also induced a lot of soft contact. Those two pitches, where they are right now, I think is really impressive, more so than his velocity and the amazing forkball. And the forkball is just freaky as hell. Yeah. I mean, the, the we saw, like, I think Pitching Ninja put out a bunch of gifts because, I mean... Yeah, Kodai Senga has some really insane stuff, and like we've mentioned before, if you get on Pitching Ninja, you probably are doing something well. So he put out a, uh, I think it was a Brian De La Cruz when he threw him a fastball earlier in the at bat, and then followed up with a ghost forkball to strike him out when his helmet fell off, which yeah. is also just a great video because Brian De La Cruz, yeah, rat, rat. Uh, but <laughs> the pitch tunneling that he has on the fastball and ghost fork, you're like, oh. I understand why nobody can hit, hit this. They're in the exact same spot, and all of a sudden the ghost fork just falls off, off a table, and the four seam just gets that rise. And yeah. it's like that combination right there, Those like that two pitch, we've seen guys like Kevin Gaussman be very successful with it, guy that you're yeah. a big fan of. I don't know how their splitters or fork ball technically like compare to each other, but the movement's absolutely disgusting. It is. It's freaky. And the difference in velocity is also really important. Yeah. There. And Sanka's fastball is just a fun watch, too, because you could see like the high end of it when he can really locate it well, especially when he gets in the inner half to righties, mm -hmm. because it, more than like rising, which has that hop, that fastball you want, he has run on it, which isn't exactly like super enviable, but it is good at being able to miss bats, again, especially against those righties, if you can put it in the right spot. Like, if he's comfortable, and he was a lot of times on Saturday. Yeah, very Pitching inside against these righties. There were a few that bleed back, and then they kind of just come right to the, or the heart. That's when it gets scary. That's when he's more susceptible to the heart contact. But he's really good at limiting that. As long as he can, like, stay on that inner half against righties with that fastball, it's basically an unhittable pitch. No, 100%. And, like, uh, the ghost fork, We've seen like with Dice K the gyro ball and like there's there's yeah. been pitches like this, but this one legit looks like like a, a real real out pitch that he also seems to use like to get big outs. Yeah, and heading into play on Sunday, the stack courtesy of John, it had the most strikeouts of any individual pitch in the entire league. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So through two times, basically every single team's rotation, the ghost fork by Kode Sanga, the most strikeouts of any individual pitch. He got three whiffs on six swings. Most of them did come early. Again, it was cold. It, it was looked like very cold on as, Saturday. As the game went on, once we got to the fifth inning, we saw the velocity go down a little bit. Then the sixth inning, he got in some trouble. Did end up getting out of it. Happy he wasn't pushed for the seventh. Yeah. But 
it was it was all working there when it was working. 12 whiffs on 20 swings versus the pitch overall through his first two starts, courtesy of John. And then second most strikeouts from a singular pitch in baseball is Jacob deGrom with 11 with a four-seam fastball. Just, yeah, yeah, you had yeah. to say the name. I'm just gonna, he's in second. I'm gonna say, whoever was in second, I was going to say it. Be fair. Just, I wish the best for him. I wish the best no, for yeah, him. No, I mean, yeah. That's, like, that's how we're going to mark this. Like, oh, wow. So that pitch we know is really good. So this pitch might be better. I mean, he is a good pitcher. That, yeah, that, that other bad. guy he's, that you named there. He's fine. But bottom line, Sang looks really good. He is really disgusting. And I think there's going to be a situation where it probably people are going to see him a little bit. Yeah. And people are going to realize, learn a little bit. And then he has a chance to bounce back. And that's when this thing could get really fun. And what's really cool, too, we talked about this with Sango when we were hyping up in the offseason before the Mets even got him was like, he's a student of the game. The dude like loves analytics. He loves information, loves data. So when those teams do adjust, I'm sure he's going to adjust right back. He's not one of that's those guys saying, who's yeah, like, yeah. I'm stuck in my way. This is how I've pitched forever. I'm. He's made changes to his repertoire already. So like that's that's huge. Yeah, he's a grinder. People they mention it every single broadcast now. He like came up through the Japanese developmental league. He's a baseball gym rat. Yeah, that's it. That's what you got. Jeff McNeil. Happy birthday, Jeff McNeil on Saturday. He had basically. I, I don't know if it's every game on his birthday that he had played, but it was back to back years. Back to back years at least. He had a home run on his birthday. Did not get one. On this birthday, but he did get an RBI in the first inning with a bases loaded walk. But that would make sense because 2020, then playing his birthday, 19, yes, but I don't recall. 2018, he was, no, he was he in the minors in 19. No, they just no, had a day off. He played the full season yeah. in 2019, yeah. Do you guys remember the home run he hit in, in 2021 on yeah, his of birthday? Of course, was against the Marlins. It was a game tying home run in the yes. ninth inning against the Marlins. Yeah, that was a big before one. Before yeah. Conforto wore that the. Was, that was also the home opener. That was the home opener. Yes, you were at that game. You and your yeah. dad came to Astoria. Yeah, we got Belucci's after. Yeah, hung out there afterwards. Oh, man, Belucci's. That was like one of the last times I had like real pizza. Yeah, that was, yeah, right. That, that was the first time we were ever like had the podcast where we're like live doing things during the game. Yes, remember I did that meme about like Conforto with uh with Adam Sandler from uh, what's, oh, what's the book? Billy uh, Uncut uh, Gems. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the freeze frame and Conforto sticking the elbow. I like this is how I win. <laughs> that was a good one. That, that was, was a, a chaos game. Yeah, but Jeff looked good again. Uh, he got a double in this game as well, and he he walked in a run, which was nice. Yeah, Jeff Jeff looks good. Jeff looks good. Five for ten, two home runs, a double lifetime on his birthday. Pete Alonso had another home run as Which well. Which is great to see because Pete, I don't want to say had like been struggling a little bit, but it had been like a little like hot and cold. Uh, the power is definitely still there, though. It's, it's He's shown it uh, you know, this past series as well. That's really what we want from Pete, too. We want him to be hitting these home runs, and he is. It was also a good like punch we needed in yes, this game. To, it like, kind of like get the get the space that we wanted. Because it was one nothing at the time. He made it three nothing. And yeah. I will say, like, the crowd at City Field like was a little quiet. I feel like maybe like a little on really edge. Really cold. Really cold. Really cold too. But like a little bit on edge, like a little hesitant, I feel like. Just like, you know, I'm gonna watch the game here. I'm gonna not overreact. That one felt like there was like a little bit of a sigh of relief. Same thing when Eduardo Escobar hit a home run later in the game, too. That made it five one. Just felt like everyone was like, okay, we can breathe a little bit. Like we got some room now. Yeah, and Pete threw 10 games for the Mets this year. has 11 RBIs, so I'm pace for about 180. Yeah. It's not bad. No, it's a, that'd be a great rate. It's a good spot to be. If he has more RBIs than he had last year, I'd say it's a good season. I'd say the Mets had a pretty good year if yeah. he finishes with more RBIs than that. Yeah. A couple and nice stats here from John, too. He's 25 home runs against the Marlins in 71 games. That's a lot. That's insane. <laughs> and that's his most home runs or as any team. It's like a 50 home run pace if you played a full year. He got 60 right here. Close oh, there to it. There it is. 60. It yeah, I didn't even see that in there. John yeah. sneaking in. He likes to write in red. Yeah, right. John likes to write. I like I like when John writes things in red because we one give him credit and two they stick out. That's true. That's a lot true. of times it's just us writing stuff. Yeah, these are stats. That is true. Yeah, and then we talked about mentioned it before. Jazz did hit the home run off of Sanga in the sixth when things got a little bit dicey. It did feel like he again just kind of I don't know. It's still just a lot, a lot going on right now. A lot it's really going cold. On. And Jazz, yeah. Jazz is also good. I think Jazz all, is also good. Are all Japanese stadiums they're a lot mostly indoors correct there are a lot more i think indoor stadiums than yeah. there are like here yeah. that he would be playing in consistently like uh, a bunch of them he came from what team fukuoka the softbank hawks i believe they play on an indoor stadium yeah. so there you go that that alone right there he's got cold a lot more the games ever pitched in yeah i mean japan gets kind of cold 
Yeah, but if you know, indoors, whatever. Talk about jazz. I mean, there's something else about jazz here. We were talking about this during the game. I mean, I th- I would let you take it. I thought you what know. the tweet or the jinx? Well, the jinx. Yeah, we talked. All we did was talk crap about jazz's center field defense. He made a couple of really nice plays this series. They weren't like nice plays, nice plays. Where I was like, wow, that was a good center fielder play. It was like it was the Jake Mangum special <laughs> where you just don't get to a ball quickly enough and then you dive and people are like, oh my god, what a play. <laughs> yeah, like probably like you know, very good defensive center fielder makes that play look a little bit easier. He did make like one play where he did lay out like completely, like got airborne. It was it was a pretty sick catch early on the game but uh yeah i mean we definitely did not get the as bad center field jazz no. chism as we saw in miami which would have been nice but yeah i mean he's got like a few more games under his belt now and it was a funny tweet that came out by jazz that wasn't yesterday that was like this week when he said that his girlfriend told him he can't tweet until they play 40 games that he can't tweet he can't tweet about the game like t- like the baseball basically. well i mean and then he did this weekend like yeah. it's, after game one i think people were complaining because he was hitting fourth and he, he showed bunt or maybe that was maybe that maybe it did happen this weekend. Yeah, then. showed bunt a couple times, and then someone was like giving him crap about it, and he was like, "Have you seen me? Like, I'm not a four hitter, dude." <laughs> like, and then he hadn't hit fourth. Looked a lot more comfortable, like I said, Lead Saturday off, yeah. and Sunday. We saw it again. He hit another home run. I'm but. just I'm just really impressed that Jazz's girlfriend knows about like stabilization points and baseball statistics. So she realized like after 40 games, I'll probably have about 80 balls in play at that point. So she's, his power metrics will have stabilized. She's a keeper. Yeah, she is. She knows what she's doing. Seventh inning got a little bit shaky. Drew Smith just kind of didn't have it again. It was like shockingly cold. I can't stress this enough. My hands were freezing. It was way colder than it was on the home opener. Maybe this played a little bit into it. I mean, they've been indoors and in Florida basically for the last two months here. So could have played into it. But luckily, John Curtis came in, shut the door. Dude's a lifesaver. We told you to watch out for John Curtis. He's coming in some big moments and made some big pitches. And another last big moment from this game was Eduardo Escobar hitting a home run. He got really close to hitting a home run, a little wall scraper. It was like in the fifth. Yeah. And there was visible frustration, which kind of makes sense because he has been a little on the schneid a little bit this so far start the year. Yeah. He sees what's going on in the media. He hears people like saying things to him like it's very obvious, but... It was really good to see him hit that home run because he needed that. And at this moment in time, the team did need that. Yes, we, no, need, we needed some cushion there. Helped for both ways, like yeah. for Eduardo Escobar's mental state and for the Mets fans' mental state and the team's well-being. Like he made it a little bit further, uh, you know, the, the score in between the two teams. And then we got David Robinson in the ninth inning, who was just awesome. Looks like, really good. Cash yeah. money. It's really nice that uh, he comes into the game and I really don't feel any sort of nervousness whatsoever. Yeah, no. And it's kind of cool. Another thing, first home series, you kind of learn about a lot of the new players in this team, like their music taste, because we've got new walk-up songs yeah. for everybody. Some guys have the same walk-up from last year. Some guys have some new ones. Uh, Dave Robinson, Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> remix walk-up. Just That's from John. Shout out Razor. Who else? Some of the cool ones. Pete's walking up the Shook ones this year. Yeah. Olivino kept the same kick Cuddy from last year, which was Nimmo cool. Nimmo and McNeil have not changed. I don't know if they know any other songs, but no, I don't yeah, think they're changing they, anytime soon. Those guys know five songs each. Um, Thank God we don't have to hear like <laughs> some like really, really awful like country rock music again. Like, no, no oh, there, ima- there's some bad. I mean, I'm not going to name names. No more Imagine Dragons. There's some bad country music. I, I'll, I'll say this. Steven Ngozik did a great job in relief today in game three, but the <laughs> song that he came out to was just awful. As someone who... I despise country music. I don't know what's worse than hate, but I hate it. it is like ear piercing. I absolutely think it's the worst. It's just bad. What he came out to was like, how do you even get ready to pitch to that? I mean, he did a great job, so it worked. But my God, I, w- I don't think if you gave me like a thousand songs that anything even close would come like that. I wasn't here Saturday. What was Sanga's walkout song? Ooh, that's a re- I don't know. Do you remember? Oh. My parents kind of walked in a little I bit have later. It. Hold on, give me give me a second. John's yeah, it. John's got it. Tyler McGill came out to Big Papa on that, Friday. I like that. That's which for big. which for like six seven and Burley, like that's a good big one. Drip, yeah, yeah. No, that that, that I was like, ooh, Tyler McGill, Big Papa, like that's that's a little uh, 
It's a little confidence. Francisco, we're going to start transitioning here to Sunday's game. Whatever song he had was a banger. I was yeah. really feeling myself when that was on. Uh, it was like reggaeton, yeah. Latin music. Not sure. That I'm sure we'll one. get it from Razor. I got at it. Point. Counting Stars by One Republic. Really? That's so yeah. funny. Interesting. Yeah, I want to know the genesis of that. Yeah, I saw that. I was reasoning. like... How? Why? Also, Carrasco does watch it. He does Jesse's Girl, right? Or No, no Summer 69. Summer 69. He, used, he used that yeah. last year, too. Yeah, no, that's why. But it's yeah. like every time I hear him, I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> Might as well talk about Game 3, then. Yeah, we're Let's here. go ahead we're and talk about that one. Game 3, on. obviously, was the, the loss of the series. Uh, just fest. started off bad from the start. Uh, Carrasco was just maybe not as sharp in the first inning. Couple guys got on early, some stolen bases there. They were testing Francisco. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about that. Was like some a clear show of gamesmanship by Jazz Chisholm against against a rookie catcher making his first start of the season. A guy who didn't didn't break camp with the team. A guy who people have outside the organization like called different like defensive things into question. Yeah. And he got a leadoff single and he stole second, third, and two pitches instantly. Yeah. Yes, no, no hesitation whatsoever. And I'm not necessarily sure who he stole it on. Like again, like at the stadium, it's a little bit harder to tell. I think sometimes because you're watching like so many different things. I think it was pure gamesmanship. Yeah, no, I think, I think it was, it was like, like I'm gonna challenge what, you. Let's see what the rookies got. Like, yeah, let's see what the young kids got. Jazz is also like a very good base dealer and yeah. very fast. So like it's kind of like a perfect marriage there of testing the guy. Alvarez made some good throws today. He didn't throw anybody out. There's yeah. some good throws like sprinkled in there. The first one was a little bit rough, but like as you get into the game, you get in the flow more. You looked better as it went on. Yeah, ball was there. It was all bang bang plays. And we know how much easier and how how much increased stolen base rates are so far this season. Those big bases, dude. But yeah, those huge bases. But this that was like a very obvious like I'm gonna look in your eyes and I'm gonna tell you you're not gonna get me out right now. I was I will say though, like Alvarez like looked pretty comfortable behind the plate today. Yeah, like, there wasn't anything that like stood out to me like for the concerns that people might have about his defensive, you know, ability behind the plate, looked pretty good. Like there was a couple pitches that like you could work on, but that's like him still also getting comfortable with pitchers that he's learning as well. Like there's going to be a learning curve for any catcher when they get to the major league level, especially a guy like Francisco Alvarez who's 20, 21 years old. Like he's, yeah. he's going to improve. Also interesting, the bottom of this first inning, and now it kind of stinks after the fact because Starling Marte hit a double, stole third, wound up sliding into Gene Segura's knee, left yeah. the game with a strained neck. But I can't even. Recall the last time two people stole third in the first inning of one game. It's just we've we've seen like I feel like when we came up as baseball fans, like when we were younger, like there was a lot of stolen bases, and obviously like during the glory days for us when we were Mets fans, like Jose Reyes was stealing a ton of bags. Like they were they were very athletic on the bases, and then there was just kind of like this like last ten years or so where nobody Stopped. steals bases anymore. It was like the uh, the risk reward's not worth it. Now with the new bases, now with the new pickoff rules and the pitch clock, I think that's really more what it has to do with it. We're seeing people run a lot more. It does make the game a lot more entertaining. Like stolen bases are electric. Stolen bases are very fun. It kind of like a lot of these stolen bases seems like guys are stealing them pretty hand handily. So I don't know. Yeah, seems like they probably could have been stealing them the last couple of years. Probably, yeah. yeah like, maybe. <laughs> like I, again, I think it really does come down to the pitch clock and the pickoff rule because yeah. the pitchers seem very focused on making sure they uh, adhere to the pitch clock rules, and you can only pick off twice in one at bat. So you got to be, you know, pick and choose your battles there. Yeah, for sure. And then in that later in that first inning, Brian De La Cruz just hit a spinner. Like, yeah, really far, Crushed really hard. Yeah. I mean, he was due. He was due to do yeah, something against us. You can't us. play against the Mets that often and no. not destroy us. Will Brian De La Cruz be on the Marlins in September? That's a good question. I don't. I maybe not. I don't know. It's he. It's like him or Jesus Sanchez. One of them won't be probably. They should keep him. He's yeah. got control for like the next four years. But uh, if someone comes along with a good offer, you probably take it. Also, that moment that that at bat you talked about from Saturday when his helmet flew off. I noticed he, Brian De La Cruz is losing losing his hair a little bit. I mean, he's completely bald. I had no clue yeah. he was bald. I that that really changed like the the scope of how I view him as a player. Does it, does it in, make in a weird way? Better or worse? Better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, also bald. Barry Bonds. Exactly. Barry Bonds was go. also bald. So that was so Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was also bald. Yeah. LeBron James is bald, but won't let it go. That's that's a problem. That is a problem. I'll give you that one. Yeah. If I'm you're a big like, LeBron guy. Yeah. If you're okay with that's if you're problem. okay with your appearance just completely falling apart, then you're going to be a better athlete, more focused. There you go. Brian De La Cruz. 
hitting the home run. <laughs> we did make it's it close. We tried. We tried to make it close. At least, like, how many times was there okay. a guy on third base yeah, in the this, first five minutes? This game was frustrating. If you just look at the box, you're like, all right, the Mets lost. That happens. You're not going to get a sweep, whatever. But from innings one through five, we were challenging basically every single inning. Innings Between innings one, two, three, and four, <sighs> three times we got a man to third base with less than two outs. And the only time we got a guy home was a Francisco RBI, two out, two strike. RBI single. Good Neat. piece of hitting. This is a PSA to Mets fans out there. There's a nickname going around for Francisco Alvarez, Frank the Tank. Please, nobody, please, God, no. Don't give the young, phenom, superstar potential guy bad nickname. A bad nickname like Frank the Tank right now. Like it just let it let him just be Francisco Alvarez. Let him be a dog. Let him be a beast. We can come up with a cooler nickname. He already has one. What is oh El Troll? Yeah. yeah. That's the yeah, one we troll. should be using. We should yeah. be El using troll. El Troll. The nickname. His that, nickname. Yeah. His he nickname. The one that he likes that he gave himself. Let's not make a new one for him. And you could probably read between the lines too and figure out why. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 get a clue here. <laughs> it did yeah. Back. It got it got frustrating going through these ga- these innings of getting continuously getting guys to third base, not getting them in. That's like a bona fide way to feel yourself falling out of a game. And then in the fifth inning, Garrett Cooper, certain new, new, newly pinned certified Met killer comes up and hits another spinner off Carrasco. I don't even a know. A million miles an hour. I don't even know if it's new. I think he's just always like, been. He's always been. These, these last he's, ten, ga- these last seven games have really kind of got hammered. Oh home. yeah, I mean, he's always been a good hitter. It's just like health for him. And the Marlins also like weirdly just didn't play him a lot. They're like, hey, Jesus Aguilar, head back out there for another one, guy. Veteran. Yeah, veteran presence. Lewin Diaz, let's give you another chance. Garrett Cooper's a good ball player, and he absolutely killed the Mets in the, in this game today. Gary Cooper, I feel like, is older than we think, too. He's oh, he's like 32. 32 years yeah. old. No, he's sneaky old, which is wow. also like a little bit weird. But yeah, he crushed it, 110 off the bat. Kinda. He will be traded. Yes. Yeah, he won't be on he here will be next traded. time we Lock. play them. No Lock. way he's on what this team? team. Any prediction? Back to the Yankees. Ooh. That's not a bad one. Mets. Sure. You can't beat them. Join them. (laughs) Bring them in. Take take them away. That's a. It's a uh, addition by subtraction. Give us Gary Cooper and Brian De La Cruz. (laughs) I'm tired of facing these guys. I'm really done with them. And And we did have a really good chance in the bottom of the sixth inning. Come back, two out rally. Pete and Canna getting some knocks. Tanner Scott came into the game. Walked Jeff McNeil on four pitches. Frustrating sequence here. That's Tanner Scott. And then Eduardo Escobar saw a ball, a ball, and then swung at the next pitch. Got jammed. Ground ball to third base. Yeah. Put the end to an inning. Would have wished maybe for a little more patience at the plate, but I, listen, who are we to judge what's going on also at the plate yeah, as well? You, perfect world. You hope to take a strike there. I don't know. That could be different, but there's also, if there wasn't bases loaded, that's a base hit. Yeah. Oh, but 100%. also, maybe he's playing in front of the bag because like Jesus Girl was playing back because he knew he had that option. But even then, he beat, I think it was Cannon on second, beat he into did. the base by a moment. Slightly. Yeah. Slightly. And like, if you could run through third base, I think Cannon might have beat him. Yeah. But because like, you can't run past the base, he could just tag you out. Maybe uh, interesting. Is that something you should try to do then in that situation? Just go. Because just start if you keep run running. past the base, that run would have counted. That run would have counted if he got yeah. tagged. I don't know. That's interesting. That's yeah, like weird, a weird piece of baseball philosophy. You know who would know? Crunch the numbers. Buck Showalter would know <laughs> if that's the right move or not. And if they didn't do it, that means it's probably not the right move, as we see with our buck our cups. buck cups. If you're at the stadium, you yeah. got to get a buck cup. <laughs> you got to get a buck cup. These, are, I think, these are the only commemorative cups that we sell. Right? That's the only one I've seen. Yeah. I mean, you get Buck Showalter's face on a cup. I don't know any other team that this, puts. This their is a Buck Showalter action shot too, right here. <laughs> he's big walking one. out to the mound, making the pitching. No, change. he's walking out going to argue with an umpire. Tell Ooh. him, tell me knows the rules better. Yeah, no, that's true. He's giving <laughs> a stern talking to the umpire. Yeah, but this, that was that was again that was a frustrating moment in this game where you could have even a base hit there cuts cuts the lead to two because it was six two at the time. Yeah, you really felt like there were so many opportunities to get back in. We know the shortcomings of this Marlins bullpen, but the game kind of died in that moment. Yeah, no, I mean that one stunk, uh, and that was. Pretty much it for the game. I mean, I guess, let me just grab Metro Cross Grasker for a second. Like, yeah, go for it. Gave up the big home run on De La Cruz on a hanging slider. Another one to Garrett Cooper, another hanging slider. Only got three total whiffs. 
tour on his 91 mile an hour fastball. It's not. It's look. It, it, I'm hoping there's there's a weather issue because I don't know. It's a little and it's a little sketchy right now. I feel like we had we talked about this last year too about Carlos Carrasco that. Remember, like, in the colder at the beginning of the month, like, uh, yeah. season, like, the velo was down a little bit more earlier in the year, and as the season went on, he built up and got more velo as it went on, as the weather got warmer. Very well could be a weather thing. Yeah, but his, his fastest fastball today was, like, 92. Got hit hard. Yeah, he got hit got hard. Got hit hard. Something to keep an eye out for here moving forward. Yeah. Jazz got tossed. We, we couldn't finish the sweep. That's John, were those pitches to Jazz strikes? Because we were watching in the stadium, so we have no clue. Yeah, I thought so. But I mean, definitely. What, what did the K-Zone think? The one he got... Rung up on and got ejected on. Looked a little low. Looked a little low and maybe like a hair outside. Well, it was also the third time he had done it. I think yeah. Jeff Nelson at that point was kind of done with Jazz's BS. By the way, do you guys know that Jeff Nelson, former Yankee reliever, was, was in the here. Marlins booth? Yeah. yeah. I think he does radio for them. Really? I don't know who I saw take a picture with him today and post it. Like I was re- weirdly scrolling through Twitter and I was like, oh, someone took a picture with Jeff Nelson. I you remember think, that guy. You think Jeff Nelson and Jeff Nelson get together for uh, for dinner when they're in town together? It's like at the, the New same York time? Rangers and the Texas Rangers, yeah. yeah. It's Giants and Giants. Giants and Giants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there was another James Shiano, I'd, I'd get a beer. Say there hi. is another oh, yeah, James my dad. Shiano. Yeah, it's your my dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, exactly. We <laughs> hang out all the time. You can get gluten free beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a proverbial beer. I'm just, just the concept of a drink. Of course. Not yeah. an actual beer. And that was, I mean, that's it. Yeah, S- sweeps are hard. Sweeps are really hard. really didn't sweep a lot last year. Like, that was our big thing, was like two of three, two of three. Sweep would have been nice, but again, at the end of this, it's cool that we got to play seven games against the Marlins. You're not going to see him till till September 18th, where they should probably be a lot worse. Yeah, and you went five and two. Yeah, went five and two. Good That's enough. what you got to do against the bad teams, especially like in a, a year where you play them a lot less. Five and two is a great way to start against the Marlins because we know the Phillies can never beat them, and they can even <laughs> beat the Reds this weekend. So love to see that they're you know on their downfall right now. All right, let's go ahead and preview. Oh no! Before we preview the Padres series, forgot because John wasn't around for the last episode when we did the estimate. Mm. And John, we needed you badly. We we got the same number. We didn't know what to do, and we just said <laughs> we just uh, froze. Too bad, no estimate no, no for this estimate. series. So still one nothing me. I'm interested to see what you got cooking up for us against the Padres here. Yeah, I apologize for that uh, Passover Seder conflicts. I tried to tried to finagle the time of the Seder, but I was shot down. Hey, I it's okay. You don't got to apologize. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. It happens. But okay, estimate for this upcoming series. So a little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. You guys agree a lot, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. But James and I, we have to go back and forth. We have a group text, and uh, you know, it's it's not always it's not always agreeing, and that's good. Debate is good. Uh, conflicting viewpoints is good. This past offseason, the Padres signed Xander Bogarts. I love the move by San Diego. James not as high on the move as I was. I thought conceptually the move was okay for the short term, but I think that Xander Bogarts is the guy whose skill set might. Not age super well. James likes the lowers. That's what it is. The what? You like lower. Oh, you're always lower. Lower. Under, what? unders. Oh, lower. Yeah, so what's unders, a lower? Yeah. Like, are you talking about levers? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I meant to say under. I said lower. Yeah. You're an under man. Well, I think life's too short to take any unders. But um, <laughs> regardless of that, so I was thinking, what's this going to be? And I was looking at the Padres roster. I didn't have to go too far. Xander no, Bogart's nope, right there. Alphabetical order. Pretty good year. Makes sense. So you guys have your whiteboards now. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got markers. We've got the whole thing. I want you guys to tell me. How many total bases will Xander Bogarts, the really, really good – what does he have, seven extra base hits now? Off to a great start with the Padres. Something like that, yeah. I love it. I love being right and telling James I was <laughs> yeah, right. No, usually 10-year contracts are decided within seven games. John's totally right on this That's one. That's fine. I'm just saying he's off to a great start. Six extra base hits. Six nice extra try. base hits. Okay. <laughs> How many total bases will Xander Bogarts have in this three-game series at City Field? For those of you keeping track at home, walks do not count towards total bases. Yeah. Nor, hit, nor do hit by pitches. Nor do hit by pitches. Got to put the ball to the bat. Um, Interesting. 
Three games, right? Yes, three games. Three game series, Scherzer, Peterson, and McGill. McGill. Okay. Man, Sandra Bogarts is a good ball player, but we got some good pitching here. We got some good pitching. I am going to go with this number. I like that. I got my number written down. How do you look, James? He's thinking. He's deep in thought. This one. In between three numbers. Why don't yeah. you split the difference? Yeah, you're right. Split the difference. Don't pick the same number as me. We're going to... The marker working? No, it's pretty, it's pretty light, but I'm just going to really shade All right, it. Yeah, shade it in there. And then we'll uh, show to the camera. We now have whiteboards, courtesy yeah. of... It worked really well before. I did my stupid S design in the corner, and now it's dead. Johnny Stats. All right, ready? Yep. Go. I got five. I got seven. Oh, oh that's great. Nice. Love that. Perfect. Not the right. same number. So we're over under six. We got the giraffe in this corner. There we go. All right. Six, we are screwed. We don't know what to do if there's six. Six is another even. Six <laughs> is another. <laughs> another like the Alexis Diaz situation. Oh, where he didn't pitch. We held that one. We really, we like to make this thing as difficult as possible. Yeah. By the way, Mark, how was the tuxedo experience? I, I didn't even see you on opening day, really. I saw you quickly, like, in, yeah. the, in passing. Yeah. Uh, everyone around here was very busy, so I was not trying to get in anybody's way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was cool. Like, I, it was not a punishment by any means. I got no? great pictures. No, it was fun. Looked, looked killer in it. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a good day. It was a good day. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out. And the Mets won. That's even better. Yeah, you texted saying you had no, like you couldn't figure it out, and I was like, oh man. I almost watched yeah. it because uh, I did not go and get my tuxedo like shirt, the undershirt pressed yeah. or dry cleaned, <laughs> so it was very wrinkly. So I threw it in the washer with what I was told is a damp towel. Put it in with the damp towel, let yeah. it steam it in there, and then I steamed it myself, and then ironed it myself as well, and it came out. No one, could, no one would have known. No, no one. So would. that's that's a good job by me. There you go. Great job. Players yeah. make plays. Players make plays. <laughs> well, let's see if I ever have to return this tuxedo. That is going to be the new problem this week that yeah, James right. doesn't have to deal with. Exactly. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> Padres series now. Let's go ahead and talk about this one. Pitching previews. James, what are our matchups? Matchups are going to be Max Scherer versus you, Darvish, Monday night. And then David Peterson versus Ryan Weathers, Tuesday night. Okay. And then the Padres haven't officially named a star of their four Wednesday, but the way their li their rotation lines up, that looks like it's going to be Tyler McGill versus Blake Snell Wednesday I have, matinee, I have one o'clock. No comments on how Blake Snell has been pitching. I have no comments. Just take yeah, that no, for what it is. Nothing. I have no, not yeah. a singular comment about how he's pitched so far this year. Uh, <laughs> we'll say we saw that like tickets are like pretty cheap right so now. Like, you cheap. should uh, you should be coming out to the game. The weather's look pretty good this week. As long week. as you can, yeah. As long as you can, make it out here. Still pass, still pass over. Kids are in school, but... Come see the new scoreboard. Yeah. You, all, I think all some people food. might be on spring break. Maybe. L a little late spring break. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the what the children do these but days. But you should come out to a game, especially maybe tomorrow night with Scherzer and Darvish. Like, that's, that's the big pitching matchup right yeah, there. It's one of the best pitching matchups you're going to be able to see in a baseball game all year. And we also... I mean, you can, you can get your Buck Cup. Yeah. You can get your Buck Cup if you ever needed a reason to come. The Buck Showalter Cup. You need this in your house. You need this in your house. I think... A uh, fluid in here. It's going to be definitely weird having the Padres back in here so soon after last year's playoff series. I think that's very crazy. That can, I, can I say this? Like, I, I, I want to absolutely destroy them. Well I, I think, I, well, I think after what's gone on the last like year and a half, this is becoming a bothering rivalry. Yeah, I think there's no bit. way not to say it. I, think, I, I truly don't think these teams like each other. Even going back, going all the way back to Chris Paddock and Pete Alonso. Padres fans are getting a little too big for their bridges. Little, a little bit too loud for a team that hasn't done anything either. Well, the thing about the Padres is that the Padres are like the Padres are like the Padres are like that guy you see at the gym, and he's got the popcorn muscles. Oh. And I don't know what that means. He's like completely chested and armed out. Ooh, okay. And then okay. you and you keep looking at his body, and you look down, and you're like, oh my god, like this guy has like chicken legs. Yeah. Like it's like a John Barron. <laughs> Oh, that's, a, that's a personal <laughs> shot at just John right now. Wow. Just, and I I'm, knew you were going to go there, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like, that's, that's one of your lines. Somewhere. But like, you're like, yeah. wow, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Sandra Bogart. And you're like, oh, Austin Nola, Rugna the door. Yeah, like, Rugna, what, or, what's uh, happening here? James, Ty oh. France, man. I wish they, they probably had, wish they had that one back. 
Yes. Because Andres Munoz would also still be on that team. Yeah, too. that wasn't a good one. That would be huge for them. Uh, well, they, there's definitely some like actual holes, holes though, in this team, like you said. Uh, yeah, it's just the popcorn muscle. To be they, fair, those holes were also what kind of killed us in the playoffs a little bit. Like yeah, for Fred sure. Grisham and Hassan Kim and Austin Nola. Uh, definitely but don't disrespect any of the I players. I didn't mention Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim, I think, is no, he's a, good, oh, ball he's a good ball player. I know, but there's going to be Mets fans out there. Like and understandably so, who don't aren't hip to Hassan Kim. Yeah, Hassan Kim is one of the lowest chase rates in all of baseball so far this player. year. Yeah. Gonna make a lot of good plays in the infield too. And just uh, we want so those Andrew Bogarts, Man Machado, or three of the f- twenty best hitters in the entire league. Glad we get to miss Fernando Tatis. Yeah, pretty cool. That guy when that lineup is uh, really well, fully going. If, uh, I think we right before the All Star break we head out to San Diego. Okay, so we'll see them then. Just maybe make a San Diego trip for the boys. I got a bachelor party that weekend. Uh, all right, well I'll yeah. go by myself then. Yeah, maybe. You can go. Yeah, I can go hang out in San Diego. <laughs> I don't need you. Then we'll go meet in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, then we'll go meet in Seattle for the All Star game. Uh, Peterson Weathers, two young left-handed pitchers going up against each other. Interesting. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Ryan Weathers' pitcher doesn't. I mean, he's just like he he has good results sometimes, but it's just like gets there in a weird way. Son of former Met David Weathers. Nice. David That's Weathers is what like 04 Mets, I think. Yeah. Oh three oh four. Yeah. Nickname like, Stormy. I feel like he got some Stormy big outs in a, a game in Cincinnati once. I don't know why I remember that. I want to call attention to a player in the Padres bullpen. Someone's been a favorite of mine for years. First, because of how much I like him as a player, and just now, secondly, because of how much he's persevered. Mm-hmm. Brent Honeywell. Oh yeah. It's has cool had. Story. A litany of injuries over the last five years. He was a former, I believe, first first round pick. Mm-hmm. No, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no. Fourth no. round, fourth round pick. Oh, fourth wow. round pick in the 2014 draft. He was drafted the year we graduated high school. Sheesh. To think about how long this has been for Brent Honeywell. John probably like 20, graduated college by then. Yeah, no, John. Yeah, right around that, that time. My, yeah, that was when John started AARP membership. Um, <laughs> but Brent Honeywell has been just doing it forever. Started out with the Rays for a long time. He always had a crazy. It was a. It was a. He might have been a forkball. His big pitch. No, he had screwball. Screwball. That was screwball. a screwball. Fastball a lot of life, just arm injury after arm injury with the Rays. He's bounced around now. He finally seems to have found a home in this Padres bullpen. He has struck out... Padres are using him, too. Yeah, he struck out seven seven batters and five and two thirds innings to start the season. Only allowed two walks, and he looks he looks pretty okay. Yeah, he looks, <laughs> looks pretty okay. He does look pretty no, okay. I know, I know. For a guy just, whose arm almost fell off, like he looks pretty okay. I was waiting for you to say he looks pretty good. I wasn't ready for the... He it looks was, it's pretty not like okay. great. It looks pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, the Padres are a very good team. This is one of the contenders in, in all of baseball. Just would really like to beat them. I would at least feel great. I hate them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hate them. Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I very much hate them. I I hate the city of Philadelphia. We know that. I hate the Phillies. I love the city of San Diego. Nothing but better. Now I hate the Padres. I really hate I the Padres. Padres. They Where no are choice. they on your list of, of hated teams? Uh, not towards the top. Oh, I think I not think, towards the top for me. I think they're my most hated team. That's not uh, second most hated team. That's not in our division or the Yankees. I know it's the most hated team. Who? St. Louis Cardinals. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Got it. I probably never change. An organization I respect, though. Yeah, I respect them so much more than the Padres. Yeah. That's the other uh, problem. They're at least the, they've won. Yeah, the Padres just have a have a credit card with a big limit. They just got their first no hitter like last year. Or yeah, whatever. two years ago, I think yeah. Musgrove. Two years ago, I and mean, that's who cares. But uh, the Cardinals just develop players at a clip alarmingly. They have like twelve good major league bats on their roster. The Padres don't develop anybody ever. They just buy players and hope it works. This this is now what like our third or fourth Padres episode. I think every single one we just end up talking trash on the Padres. Good, like for the last like Screw five them. minutes. I'm glad we're doing it again. Yeah, we're gonna come out and beat them this series. Yeah, they're they're a beach community. They can't fight back. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not tough like the New York New Yorkers in the city. No, put them on the subway. They'll, they'll, they'll crater. Of course, like we said, that series is coming up. We're going to wrap up this episode here by sending it over to our interview with Darren Meenan from the Seven Line. Uh, he's talking about his transition from fan to now partner with the Mets. Players wanting merch from him, which is like yeah. got to be absolutely crazy. And he had Steve Cohen sit with him down in Miami. So, okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go ahead and go to that Darren interview. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Sub Podcast. We are doing this not technically live yet, but we are at the Seven Line Tailgate home opener here with founder, owner, what, what's your official title? Darren Meenan. How are you? I'm doing all right. Too bad it rained yesterday, right? Yeah, no, it, was, it was a tough one to miss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, great yeah. day here out on Friday at City Field. It's April baseball. It's meant to be played in the clouds and the wind. Yeah. This is what we're here for. Last year, beautiful the home opener. Will it get us? Not, not much. Not much. So maybe this is the home opener we need. This does feel more like home opener. Yeah, Bell, it's right? back-to-back Friday opening days. Yes, Last year was opening true. day on Friday as well. Yeah. But uh, that was for the uh, lockout. That's what pushed that one. But, yeah, I'm happy to be here. No, yeah. we're happy to have you. We're at the tailgate having a lot of fun. Uh, tell us, like, how many years have you been doing, like, the opening day tailgates and, and coming opening day with the 7 Line? Well, the 7 Line as, a, as a, like, a brand started at the end of 2009. So we were tailgating, but it wasn't in this lot. And it wasn't really established yet. So once the group started in 2012, that really kind of like started it as being also like, hey, let's get together and tailgate as well. So a long time. Yeah. So 2012 to now, yeah, this is my official 15th season doing the seven line. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Long time. About it, yeah. You guys were like in high school. No, younger. <laughs> we were, we were children. We were middle school. Oh yeah, you guys were young pups, and I was out yeah. here doing my thing. You know? were, you, were you always a big opening day guy even before the seven line? Yeah, you know what? Like on my block when I grew up, some kids actually were always able to take off from school to go to opening day, and yeah. I was never able to do that. And they weren't <laughs> even like John. I think they were pretty big Mets fans, obviously, if you're taking your kids out of school for opening day. But yeah. I was never allowed to do that. So uh, once I was out of school, I haven't missed an opening day since. So it's yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I love being here. <laughs> no, no, it's awesome. How many people do you have like coming out to the the outing today, like for the seats in center field? Well, we have 600, I think it's like 620 members or so, okay. and, but the sectional is 859. So, like, the back sections go on Mets.com slash the Seven Army. So, anyone that wants to join us that isn't an official member mm-hmm. can then come on game by game, game, by game basis. So, and almost I've sat, 900. I've sat with you guys, too. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Oh, you should fun. see the title yeah. on YouTube. We said, like, the, what was the title? I, I think I said it was, like, the craziest fans in baseball or something like that. The video did extremely well, too. And... Weirdly enough, James also was at that game, but we yeah. weren't really friendly then. That was the big Luis Guillorme home run. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's like ingrained in my well, brain. Well, we have a couple big moments of you sitting with us. So, like, there was yeah. that one. And obviously, if you oh, put a, a video saying, like, the craziest, people are going to click on that yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, you're, you're a smart YouTube guy. That's what we know. <laughs> but also, when he had to name his firstborn. Yeah. Of course. Uh, what was it again? Patrick. Patrick. Patrick, Patrick Pat- Mazika. Patrick Mazika, yeah. as you saw. Patrick Luino. You guys saw online as well. So, we're sitting there, and, and uh, Mark goes, eh, if Mazika hits a home run here, I'll have to name my firstborn. Patrick. Yeah. And then next, next pitch. <laughs> Off Andres Munoz. Yeah. Like, if he does it here, that's my, that's my child's yeah, name. For the people who don't remember, that was the May series against the Mariners last year. Yeah, yeah. But the video of- I put up after, like, the next day of you sitting there, like... With, with the curb music. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the best memes yeah. I went up on Twitter, like, the entire Met season. That was yeah. lights out legendary. That was yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. stuff. Oh, Excellent. my God. 
Frick. God, now. I had a question. I just got too too much yeah, fun well, thinking about, thinking I got about the content. Yeah. So we've now been with the Mets for like almost a year. Yep. And you were doing your own thing like independently, and now you've partnered up with the Mets. You've been well. The Mets the Mets also stole you from us. Yeah, that's true. Mets, they did steal like, us. Like, from if you remember, you guys <laughs> yes, were doing your course. thing, and then first you know, podcast the, partner the right here. I was like, oh, let's let's bring these guys on. And a week later, you're like, sorry. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a day later because I was looking back through yeah. memories. It was literally today yeah. that we had announced it with Darren because the day before the season <laughs> last year and last year we oh no it was two days ago. Today was the day the Mets actually reached out to us. The sixth we, we partnered with Darren officially. The fifth. We, well, unless you today's know, the seventh. I got an eye for talent. You, you know, do? Yeah. You, know, you know what's going on, but <laughs> today's the seventh, yeah. Back to what I was asking, like, yeah. doing your stuff independently and then getting reached out to by the team and being able to partner up with them, how's that, you know, feel? Well, it's nuts, too, because uh, that opening day in, t- well, two- end of 2009, I started making the shirt. So yeah. 2010 was our official first, like, tailgate with friends, which I could see from here where I used to park my pickup truck. So, like, the first ever shirts were sold out of my backpack right nice. there. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, you see what it turned into. So... It's crazy, too, because like, I feel like when I talk like that, some fans might be like, oh, this guy, you know, he's all by himself or he's sold out or whatever. <laughs> now it's like, I feel like, you know, the tides are turning a little bit when people be like, oh, you know, he works hard. 100%. Like, maybe yeah, yeah. it's something that, you know, was built from, like, you know, the parking lot to here. So, I don't know. It is what it is. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy feeling to have, you know, the official logos on things. You know, like yeah. our logos here, Mets are on the sleeve. So, it's... It's crazy. If you told me this in 2009, where we'd be now, even though it is a long time from from yeah. then to now, it's uh, it's always a pinch me moment, you know. Yeah. Was it, did you ever think that it was like like when you first started, were you like, I want to work with the Mets, or were you just like, ah, this is like fun? I didn't even think it was even possible, you know. Like in the beginning, <laughs> yeah. it was like, hey, you know, how can I make some shirts and sell them and go to more Mets games? And that was the entire basis of not ever having like a real job. You know, it was a yeah. hard, it's hard work, but it's not like I didn't work for anyone. I just built it to what it became. Yeah. But the whole idea was going to more Mets games and how can I make money to, you know, do something I love. Yeah. But um, yeah, seeing it turn into this, no way. But honestly, and I don't want to, you know, this is a Mets thing too, but I don't want to, you know, poop on the team at all. But the reason why I feel like it got the extra boost was because the Mets stunk <laughs> when the seven line started. Yeah. And if there's a guy willing to buy a thousand tickets, yeah. like, you don't want this guy to go away, you know? Yeah. So it kind of worked. It was convenient timing, and, you know, it's... That's funny to think about. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that have been in the ballpark, Mets, you know, Mets staff and, you know, upper, you know, management that's have helped progress this into what it became, you know? Yeah. It's um, still 100% owned by me, which is yep. great. That's awesome. That awesome. Um, you know, and not a lot of companies can say that they, you know, took the next step without having to give up a portion of their business, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's... For the time being, I don't know when I'm going to retire. But <laughs> it's uh, it's a tough job to retire from, you know. Yeah, it's almost like an, it's like a never retire job. No, I'm, I'm hanging out in a, and in a parking lot on a Friday, <laughs> yeah. enjoying uh, you know enjoying a cocktail and hanging out with my friends. And, yeah, what's you know. um, you've been selling like merch has been the thing. You guys have sold so many incredible pieces of clothing. The hat you're wearing in the Scoozy are two of the most famous. Oh, thank what you. is your favorite piece of merch Seven Lines ever sold? That's a tough question to answer because there's some. Um, some products that are more than just like making something cool. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, there's a meaning behind it. Like we, we did a, uh, some work with the Gary Carter Foundation a long time ago. So yeah. when Gary passed away, uh, before he passed away, we made a shirt with a few friends. Um, it was a, a blog called Read the Apple mm-hmm. and On the Black. So we all teamed up together to make a shirt that said that we love you, kid. And all the nice. proceeds from that went to the Gary Carter Foundation. And then unfortunately, when Gary passed, we reached back out to the foundation and said, hey, we're going to come up with another T-shirt and donate it all. Yeah. So it was an eight, it was an eight just a solid eight with a teardrop. You guys may have seen it. Yeah. And um, 
we raised, uh, I mean, I don't want to be wrong with the number, but I know it was over $10,000 out of that one t-shirt design. It's incredible. And Johan wore it every day underneath his jersey when he pitched. Really? Oh yeah, my God. so like, Johan opening day, and oh, I don't know, I can't remember the year, I don't want to misspeak, but whatever year it was, he went for his press conference afterwards and he was wearing it. That's awesome. And, you know, I guess through the grapevine, I found out he was always wearing it underneath his jersey. So like, things like that are, stand out more than like, you know, the tweed hat, like. Yeah people here like when's that coming back like yeah, it's cool to have something like that that people were really uh, you know like hoping to buy one day when yeah. it comes back but like something that has more meaning behind it is means more to me you know how does That's it cool. feel to see like one of the Mets players wearing your yeah it's nuts stuff? well you know it's crazy when it first started I became friendly with uh, Justin Turner down in spring training yep. and then um it was before some of the guys got brought up yet like you know uh, Harvey I don't think he was called up yet when I first met Turner but we're at uh, Duffy's, and it's back when they still used to bowl on the Sunday nights when the whole team would be there. Yeah. And at the time, I was still doing that calendar where, like, the, the girls would try out or whatever. And uh, Turner introduced me to some of the guys. Like, this is Darren. He runs this thing called the Seven Line. They're like, oh, that's cool. And he's <laughs> like, oh, he does that calendar. Like, oh, <laughs> come hang out. You know, it was cool. But, uh, yeah, for the players, it's like, um, you know, to start becoming on, like, first-name basis with a lot of guys is cool. And I think, like, the way I, I'm sure you guys like this, too, like, if you don't like fangirl too hard, yeah. it's like they're they're more willing to kind of like be yeah. cool with you, you know? Like 100%. I'm not asking players for photographs or selfies or whatever. No. I mean, I want to. Yeah, but like you gotta you gotta play cool. But I think it also became a fact. It's like I'm older than them too, so it's like oh, this guy's just been around the block, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would text like Turner, or, you know, through the years, like when he left, like other guys, they'd meet me right at the side door of the ballpark, really? and I would <laughs> hand them boxes of shirts and they'd distribute them. And so sometimes cool. the players would be like. I remember someone, I don't know who's Nimmo or someone in the beginning, like, hey, where'd you get the shirt? And the guy, and I think it was Nimmo, he's like, I was just in my locker. I don't know. Like, I, I just put it on, you know? But yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's 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 a wild ride. I, I thoroughly enjoy it, as as you probably can see, and it's, yeah. it's fun. Do things like that still happen with players, connections, giving merchandise and stuff? Yeah, if you look on uh, like Edwin Diaz's story last night on Instagram, I mailed him a box of shirts. Because, like, when the we don't technically need players permission anymore to make player stuff which is kind of weird like i can make an edwin shirt without asking him yeah. <laughs> uh but back in the day before the license like when we did stuff with dicky i would ask dicky hey is this cool yeah but now since we have a deal with mlbpa we can just run our ideas through them but like last night because clearly that edwin diaz t-shirt with the trumpet was designed before he got hurt yeah so i hit him up and like, hey do you like this he's like oh it's awesome or whatever so i asked him you know what sizes do you want where can i mail them i guess he I mailed him here. Yeah. So uh, he's here. So I guess he saw them last night and they yeah. put it on his story. So that's it's cool. like, that's nice. cool, you know? That's really cool. It's also yeah. so funny, like, dating yourself with these mess players you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, like Dickie, Turner, yeah. Dickie, <laughs> right before Harvey came up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. just shows, like, the longevity you've had with this. It's unbelievable. Well, one of the, like, one of my most prized possessions, I feel like, is um, back when uh, Dylan G was still with the team. I was, again, I was giving the guys boxes of stuff, and I was also really cool like the wives too. So like, if the yeah. wives want anything, anything, I'd be like, of course. Like, yeah. And everyone's always so like, what do I owe you? I was like, nothing. You owe me anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I owe you. You know, even even just you guys wearing this stuff is cool. You know, it, it helps obviously business, but like, it's such a cool connection. But um, I was in my seat, and someone from the Mets, I can't remember who it was, was like, hey, where you? They got a text. Where are you sitting? I was like, well, I'm always in the same spot, but like, I'm, yeah. this is my seat. You know, 141 row one seat one. Like, come on down. And they brought me a team signed ball from, I guess Dylan G went around the clubhouse cool. and said, hey, can you sign this? Oh, that's cool. He said, that's thanks really for cool. the swag. And everybody signed that's it. That's awesome. That's so really it's cool. like, getting that is like so cool because it's not something you could like, you can't buy that. You can't go to like no. a card show and get like. It's one on one. That's like, yours. Yeah, it's cool. So that's great. You uh, had Steve Cohen sitting with you in Miami. Yeah. 
how, how like how is that? How do you how do you react to all the fans? How is how did the fans react to him? Uh, I was like the, he was like the Beatles in like the '65 <laughs> at Shea Stadium, man. It was nuts. But like, uh, yeah, I knew about that for a couple weeks. So like, yeah. it was uh, I got a text from someone at the Mets says, "Hey, can we talk for a second? And like, hey, what do you think about Steve coming down to the tailgate? And I was like, I don't know about the tailgate. He's gonna get mobbed. But <laughs> if he comes to the seats, it might be a little bit more better reaction where yeah. people aren't gonna like. You know, like I was saying about fangirling. Yeah. But uh, I totally understand why, you know, fans love him. Of so they want to yeah. get, a, you know, as close as they can. But for the first half of the inning, it was like the bottom of the fourth, the top of the fourth. It was fine. Like, he came and sat and he just chilled and talked or whatever. Then in between innings, one person opened up the box yep. and being like, can I get a selfie? And then it was like, uh. whoa. Like, luckily, he had security with him Send and the stuff. Send the service so. in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So uh, at one point, he looked at me and he was like, we're watching the game, right? And I was like, I would like to. But so he really hung out for like a full inning, yeah. you know, but it was phenomenal, you know. That's awesome. Darren, we know you're busy today. Uh, I, keep, you got... I, I would talk all day. Honestly, <laughs> I want one more question. One, right, more, go, question. Go, go one, more, one question. more thing. One more question. You think that's the last time Steve Cohen's going to sit with the seven line? I mean, I have him on camera saying that he wants to sit with us more often, so we'll see. Okay, I reached out to the Mets after, and I'm like, hey, maybe we do something where we always do a road outing for opening day. Yeah. On, like, the, the road opener, mm-hmm. and, he's, and Steve sits with us with, for at least one inning. That would yeah, be cool. That's, that's cool. A, that's yeah. a cool idea. Beautiful. Darren, again, Thanks, guys. busy. And before we go. Tell everybody also, like, where to find all your stuff. I was going to say, guys, if you're watching this in real life, I'm 6'2". But they gave me this little chair. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah. So I'm sitting down, and I'm like, man, this is the first time I'm showing right you guys. Yeah, all the uh, yeah, anyway, the7line.com. If you want to sit with us, go to Mets.com slash the7lineArmy. That's for all the home games, road games, the7linearmy.com. There's a whole list of where we're going to be, all that. Thanks a lot. All right, let's go enjoy the tailgate and see you guys on the next episode. See you next time. Let's go, Mets. Great interview with Darren. Great to see him. He's been someone who, like, personally has supported my stuff, like, yeah. ever since I started. And, I mean, right before we actually <laughs> got the call from the Mets, like, the day before, yeah. we announced that we partnered up with, with Darren and the Seven Line to be, like, their official podcast. Yeah. And that's called us, like, the next day. We're like, all right, yeah. Darren, sorry, sorry to tell you this, but, like, we're going to go with the Mets. And he was like, dude, that's awesome. Like, it's incredible. Go for it. Just also peek behind the curtain. We were hilariously really stressed out about that conversation with him. Like, so I was stressed. really scared to, like, offend him because he was, like, really nice to us and was, like, really trying to bring us along. And then immediately we were like, thanks for announcing this, spending the time, taking thought. We're gone. We're gone. <laughs> we're out of here. But he he was, like, he's the absolute man. If you have a chance to ever go sit with the seven line at a game, do it. 100%. You should. It's so much fun. Even just go to a tailgate. Can't recommend it more. It's, like, one of my better YouTube vlogs I've ever done, hanging out with them. You were weirdly at the game, too, when Luis Guillorme hit that big home run against Crazy. the Washington Nationals. 2019. If I had the Twitter following then, that would have I would have had a third child named Luis. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been, been the, the first child. Yeah. Luis. Would, yeah, it would have been Luis, Patrick, and Albert. That's a good mix. Yeah. That's a good infield right there. That is. Luis, Patrick, and Albert's the first baseman, of course. Of course. Yeah, Luis. Patrick's probably third, and Luis could play middle infield. Yeah, Patrick could catch. Yeah, Patrick could catch. There you go. Anything right. else? I think that's all we got. Beat the Padres. Beat the Padres. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching this episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Make sure you're following us everywhere at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you want to watch the video version of this. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download and subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. And me at Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening and watching. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Peace out. Peace out. See you guys next time.